What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all had a wonderful weekend. I hope y'all did some fun stuff. My sister came to see me this weekend. It was nice. It was fun. It was enjoyable. She was up in the house. It was cool. We had some good conversations. It was it was nice. I don't know what it is when I have family around. It just it's just fun and it's comfortable and it's just it's cool to have family around. It's just dope to have family around. But it was good, man. It was good to see her, even though she had to. She was basically in and out. You know, she got business to take care of. She busy. I understand that. I understand that she busy. We all busy. But it was good to just be able to spend the little bit of time that we were able to spend together. It's always a blessing to be able to spend whatever time um, with family, with friends, all that kind of stuff. And that's literally all what life is about. Life is literally about just enjoying the little bit, the little moments, uh, hanging out with family, hanging out with friends, you know, just doing little things to just make life a little bit sweeter. Because this life and this world, there's too much heartache, there's too much hardships, there's too much negativity. And you know what? just got to enjoy the little things. You just got to treasure the little things, the little opportunities to at least enjoy day-to-day life, if that makes any sense. Just Just to give you something good to have every single day. So having her around was a blessing. It was dope. It was awesome. Even though like we may not have done anything like ridiculous or anything like super fun or anything like that. It was just just having people around. There's something about having people around, especially when you out here living by yourself, you know, it's, 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 it changes things up a little bit when you actually have people in your home. So that's cool. So it was dope uh, having her around in the house today. So anyway, moving on from my weekend, I hope you all had some good weekends too. I hope it wasn't too busy. I know the weekend tends to be that time that we catch up on all the stuff that we weren't able to catch up on. Uh, do all the work that we need to get done because you had work, you had, if you have kids, you know, you had things to do for your kids. And so the weekend is like, oh, I have all these chores I got to take care of at home. But I hope it was also a relaxing time. The weather outside is wonderful. Um, it was, it was just great. Like outside, uh, went to, for my soccer gig this morning and it was, it just felt, it was cold at first, but then it felt better. I was able to play in a couple of soccer matches to, as well. And then it just felt good. It just, the weather was really, really good, even though the wind made it a little chilly, but it felt good outside. So things like that just makes me like, just treasure the beauty of, of life. It's just like, man, cool weather, being able to walk outside, being able to take care of things, even though on the other side of things as well, I got upset because my phone wouldn't do what it needed to do. But it's like, if that's the only bad thing that's happening, life is pretty sweet, but you know, it's just, it, it's just, if it's, I don't know what it is about good weather. Good weather tends to uplift our spirits and it's just outside. It felt good. It felt great. And it just uplifted my spirit, made me feel a little bit more excited about every day instead of the rainy, rainy, dreary season that we've been having. But anyway, enough about the weather, enough about my weekend, enough about all of that. Let's get into the topic for today. What we got on the, on the, on the schedule. I don't really have a whole lot to talk about today. But there was something that I wanted to hit on to help kind of quell some misconceptions that I've heard a lot recently and some ideologies that I've heard a lot that is not true and some uh, just things that people say that people don't realize what they're saying when they say it. They just kind of say it as if it's fact, but really it's not when it comes to the financial realm of things. 
And the main topic I want to talk about today is the idea of your net worth. So one of the things that I want to start doing is I want to get everybody, anyone who listens to this podcast to stop thinking of yourself as just, I'm just an individual in this thing. I'm just one person. I want everyone to start viewing themselves as a company. Start viewing yourself as a company of one where you have a CEO, a COO, a CMO, which is chief of marketing, I, I want to say. And um, I forget the other parts that you usually have when it comes to the C-suite. But basically, start viewing yourself less as just an individual, but start viewing yourself as a company, as a company of one. I actually learned this theory in one of my business, uh, in one of my business classes. And it's literally where you look at all the things that you do on a daily basis, look at the way you live your life. And just like a company would, would look at how do we do business every single day? How do we make money? What is the things that it's inhibiting us from making money? How do we avoid those things? How do we add value to people? Because that's the biggest thing. If you look at any company, any business, anyone wants to invest in a company, you're going to look at, is that company adding value in society? And so I want to hit on that topic mainly. I want to hit on that idea of you looking at yourself as a business with different segments, with your branding segment, which is very important, your marketing segment, which is very important, your chief executive officer, which is basically the one that gives the vision and casts the mission, the vision and the mission of your life or of the way you want your life to progress. And then on the other side, your COO, your chief operating officer, the one who handles the day to day tasks. So all of those is all within each and every single one of us. And I want to start framing us to start looking at our lives and looking at ourselves, not just as individuals, not just as, oh, I'm just going about my daily lives, but looking at ourselves more like companies, looking at us because truly this is what we are looking at ourselves more like businesses and understanding that the only way we can grow our wealth, the only way we can build our wealth in different avenues is by adding value. So for example, you go, let's say you went to school for, let's say you went to school for engineering. You go to school so that when you come out of that, you have a value that's added to you immediately and you can present it to potential employers and say, hey, I went to school for this thing, I made these grades, and so therefore I have value that I can bring to your company. Or let's say you are in school right now or you're still studying, your value adding is literally how do I make myself look different from everybody else? How do I make myself look different from other good students? It's you spending the time to be in different organizations being on different team groups, being involved in different campus activities to make yourself look different. So you're looking like you add more value. Everything in life, no matter, this is something we all need to learn about. And I think everybody should understand this. No matter whether you're working for a company, working for yourself, whether it's you're dating somebody in a relationship or you have friends, whatever, everything in life is about adding value. Whether you like it or not, these are the rules that we play by because as human beings, the way that we have progressed through society is by finding people who add values to our tribes, who add values to our society, who add value to our country, bringing them in, putting them in our in our things so we can keep on benefiting, so we can keep on growing. So in everything, think about... Think about the people who succeed in your life. Just think about some of the people who have succeeded in your life. 
Look at their circle. Just look at the people that they keep around them. If you look at their circle, you will notice that these every single person in that circle is adding value in one shape or form within that community. You will notice that those people, you the thing is like you learn very quickly that successful people tend to hang out with more successful people. It's very simple. It's a very simple idea because they can learn and get value from those people those people are depositing into their lives just as they are depositing into those other people's lives so the main thing is how are you on a day-to-day basis adding value how what is the value that you are bringing to society as a whole whether it's at work whether it's at school whether it's in your relationships are you adding values in your friendships are you adding values if you have a wife are you adding value there if you have a husband things like that i want to start for every single person listening in on this podcast to start looking for ways to add value to other people how to start being like a billion dollar company think of yourself as a billion dollar company think of yourself as like an apple or a microsoft or tesla those companies you look at how do they go about why are they so successful because they are able to add value and you and i are willing to pay for that value so when we bring it all moving on from just your daily life and bringing it back to your 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 monetary life how you build your wealth you start you start looking at your the first step you got to do is look at your bottom dollar and figure out what is it that i'm losing and how do i add value to that so as i said at the beginning before i went off on a different tangent we want to talk about net worth we want to talk about the idea of net worth your net worth and the thing is i hear this all the time people always be like oh jeff bezos the richest man in the world his net worth is this and then people just think for some reason people just think that he just has that in his bank account somewhere no that's not how net worth works just because you look up somebody's net worth doesn't mean they have that money in their bank account and that's the 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 mythical thing I want to dispel, the myth that I want to dispel today is the idea of what net worth actually is. We have a whole lot of people that are walking around the face of this earth right now that are millionaires. I won't say a whole lot, but there's a lot of people that are becoming millionaires today who don't make more than like $50,000 and their net worth is over a million dollars. And you say, how is that possible? It's simple. Net worth is a simple calculation, really. Net worth is the, let me, let me, there's a official definition of net worth and then there's the simple definition of net worth. So I'll tell you the official one and then we'll break down to the simple. The official one is net worth is measure, is the measure of the wealth of an entity, person, or corporation, as well as sectors and countries. So the simple definition of that is simply net worth is the difference between the total assets somebody owns versus the total liability what somebody owns. Liability basically just means debt, things that they have to keep paying for in order to have for themselves, in order to keep developing. So assets versus liability. So an easy way to think about it is basically a quick example of a net worth would be, let's say we have somebody who... A couple who makes maybe about $60,000 every year, they own a $220,000 house or a house that's valued at $250,000. And then also they uh, have an investment portfolio that is valued at $100,000. And then also, but on the other sides, they have some other assets like some cars and some boats and stuff like that, but all of it is valued at $25,000. 
On the other hand, though, they still owe a hundred thousand dollars on their mortgage for the house. And then they have a car loan that they still owe about ten thousand dollars on. So when you put all those numbers together, you take the assets are the two hundred and fifty thousand value on their house. And then they have the hundred thousand dollar investment portfolio. And then they have that twenty five thousand dollars for the cars that they currently own. The only thing is like cars get devalued. So it's always like it's a negative asset to have, but still an asset nevertheless. But that's beside the point. So when you add all those numbers up and then you look at their liability, they own that $10,000 loan still, and they still have $100,000 to pay off on their mortgage. So when you do the calculation of what is this couple's net worth, you come out with $265,000 net worth. And you look at it and you say, well, how come their net worth is so low even though they have a $250,000 house and they have a $100,000 portfolio? Shouldn't their net worth be closer to $300,000? No because of the cost and the liability. In other words, if for some reason they can't pay their loans, if for some reason they can't pay the mortgage on their house or they can't pay the the car loan or anything like that, it counts against them. They would have to sell their house or dive into their portfolio to fix the cost that they have to offset on the other hand. So in other words, they don't have money just freely flowing. Now think about that on the other hand. If they got rid of the two, the mortgage on their house and got rid of the car loan, automatically their, their asset swings. There's an enormous shift into having $350,000 just because they paid off their loans, just because they immediately paid off those loans. All of a sudden, everything, there's a cosmic shift, which is why I hate debt. Debt inhibits you from having a good net worth. Debt inhibits you from being able to make progress like you want to see progress. Because every time you look at your net worth, which I think one of the things that we we need to do, that everybody needs to do, which is why you also need to do a budget, that's why I use Mint, is everybody needs to figure out what is my net worth. What am I worth to society? What am I worth as an individual to my family, to all of this stuff? We need to all sit down for a moment and take an idea of what our net worth is. Because I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna tell everybody this. You'll be shocked when you actually sit down, write down all your debts and write down all the things that you actually own. You'll be shocked to see that, man, I don't have as much money as I thought I did. Like I remember the first time I sat down on Mint, the at the software I used to do my budget. It always factors out your total net worth. And I was just sitting there and I saw my net worth was like negative $10,000. I was like, wait a minute, I'm working. I'm making some money. Like, what do you mean my net worth is negative? But that's the thing. Like there's an immediate shock factor. This is why I also want you to do this. There's an immediate shock factor when you see like, oh snap, I actually, um, I actually don't make as much money or I don't have as much money and I'm not as worth as much as I thought. Your net worth is not your salary. That's not, that's not your net worth. Your net worth is not one time money that you made sometime or anything like that. That's not your net worth. Your net worth is literally what do I own versus what do I have to keep paying for? It is important for every single one of us to take a second to sit down and to review to review what our net worth is. What is it that we actually are worth? Are we positive or are we in the red? 
And like I said at the beginning, we're looking at ourselves as a company. Companies cannot, cannot survive in negative net worth. We're looking at companies that like, like Uber, Lyft, WeWork. We saw how those companies are fledgling right now because their net worth is negative because they're not making any profit. They're not bringing any money in right now. And so their losses year over year, they're reporting losses, they're reporting losses and investors are bailing, are bailing on those companies because they keep reporting losses and eventually they won't have any more investors. And that's when a company, guess what, shuts down. And it's the same way for each and every single one of us. If we're not careful, if we don't pay attention to these things, because at the end of the day, yes, everything else happens in life. By the end of the day, man must eat. If we're not doing what we need to do, each and every single one of us to add value wherever we may be or to just know how much we are worth we won't be able to take the next step of building wealth or even worse we'll be in a bigger hole than when we started out so that's what i wanted to talk about today was mainly to focus on net worth and talk about what exactly is net worth and why every single one of us should be focused on what is my net worth not necessarily focused on it, but know what your net worth is and know that once you, the equation is very simple. Just sit down and take a stock of what is it I own? Okay. So I own a car. If you've paid off your car and you own a car, you say, okay, I own a car that is worth $15,000. You write it down. I own a car worth $15,000. Cool. You say, I own a home that if you own a home, obviously you say, I own a home that is worth a hundred thousand dollars. You write that down. And then on the other side of it, if you have credit card debts, if you have mortgage on your house, if you have student loans, if you have any of those kind of debts, debt in general, you write it on the other side, you add up those total amount of debts and you subtract it from your assets. That's how you end up with your net worth. But the main thing I also want us to figure out is your net worth is not your salary. It also doesn't mean that it's the amount of money that you have in your bank account. And just because... I have a, I'm worth a million dollars. Doesn't mean that in my bank account today, I have a million dollars. It means that I just have assets that are over a million dollars. But the benefit of being somebody that has assets that make you a millionaire is that more than likely you own your own home. So in other words, you don't have to worry about a roof over your head. More than likely, you're making money in some kind of business venture somewhere, or you have an investment portfolio that is paying you dividends. And so you're able to keep making that money. So that's what that means to have a million dollar net worth. It's not hard. Let me just, let me put it to you this way. A million dollar net worth does not mean that I have a million dollars in the bank. All it means is like I own things that make my total net worth be a million dollars. In other words, my home, your investment portfolio, things of that sorts. You have a million dollars total. And I think we've, we've convoluted and made the idea of being of having a million bucks so difficult. I'm going to get there just to make the point that it's not as difficult as we make it. It's hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. No, it's hard. But the way you get there is by figuring out how do I add value? Whether you're at work and you want to, let's say you want a promotion at work. It's simple. How do I add value at work? And then it's, you work hard first of all, but then the other two factors that play into that is your image and your exposure. How do I network properly so that I can get exposure? How do I make myself look like the proper person to go into that next position? Those kind of things. So it's simply, how am I adding value? Wherever you are, whether it's at work, whether it's in school, how are you adding value to in school? Like how are you adding value to set yourself up for later on if that's what you wanna do? How are you adding value in your relationships? 
because that's also important in your life. Are you adding value in those relationships, in your friend's life? Or are you just one of those friends that is a hit it and quit type of person that only calls people when they're in need but never offers to help them out? How are you adding value? Start thinking of yourself as a, as a company. Start thinking of yourself as having a marketing director. Start thinking of yourself as having an executive C, as, as being a CEO, as having a chief operating officer who determines what is the right move to make and what is not the right move to make. Start seeing yourself less as just, oh, I'm just a person out here and start viewing yourself as a company. Because at the end of the day, guess what? You are viewed as a company. Because when they look at you, just like when you look at investment companies and you're trying to decide, what am I gonna invest in? You look at what is the value this company is going to have in the future. That's investment. Everything is about investing. When somebody chooses to marry someone else, they're saying that my investment in this person will lead to a better future for us together so stop viewing yourself and stop viewing things as just oh that's just a person view yourself as a company start viewing yourself just like companies view themselves so that you can grow and you can be better than you can even ever imagine it's a simple theory the company of one but anyway the other thing I wanted to talk about today was investing in times like these, investing in times where the market is so volatile or even in times where it's a recession. So how do you go about investing? How do you go about making sure that I'm investing my money somewhere that is safe? So my only advice is one, you have to just kind of be patient because when it comes to these kind of times, when it comes to these kind of seasons, there is absolutely nothing. I'll say it again absolutely nothing that you can do there's nothing you can do if people who look at the stock market every single day investors and economists who look at markets and look at supply chains and look at all that stuff every single day are saying all we have to do is just wait it out you that barely look at that thing two hours or less a day you're not gonna make a difference just because you're smarter than those dudes no the number one thing is be patient and then the number two thing is you can invest in blue chip stocks. So we talked about blue chip stocks here on the channel, on the podcast once upon a time, and it was, what are blue chip stocks? Blue chip stocks are stocks that year over year have shown a track record of being able to deliver value, even in times of negative growth, even in times of problems and issues. So you invest in blue chip stocks. For example, Coca-Cola is a blue chip stock. For example, Microsoft, even though technically Microsoft, Apple, and Alphabet are not seen as blue chip stocks because they just, they just don't have the track record yet. But those are some of the companies that you can invest in. Or even think about companies like Costco. Nobody, um, I bet you none of y'all thought about Costco. Think about Costco. Think about Lowe's. Think about Home Depot. These companies are like blue chip stock companies because they keep doing it year over year. They're a safe bet. They're more stable in times of trial and tribulation. They don't give you as much money. They don't make, they don't, they're not a big bang. They're not the type that if you're trying to get a lot of money to make during this time, this period in time, those are not the ones you go for. But at the same time, they're stable. And I think everybody in every investment portfolio, whatever your portfolio looks like, you should have an ample supply of blue chip stocks where you're able to, no matter what's happening on the two extremes, you are at least able to just be balanced. And again, look at the long-term view. I'm not a, I'm not one for short selling. I'm not one for short-term investments. Every company that I choose to invest in is because I'm looking, where is this company going to be in 10 years? Just like I look at my life 
and I, I'm well, I'm trying to be better about looking at my life and saying, where am I going to be in five years? Where am I going to be in 10 years? The same way I'm looking at companies always per, just when you invest, invest for the long term, not the short term. You don't have time to do short term selling and short term stock managing and all that stuff because you just don't have enough time. And even even investors, investors who look at this stuff always look long term is to put their money into it. So you're doing short term, not advice, but very volatile. And there's not a whole lot of benefit from doing that. But anyway, always predict long term. Look at a company. Look at the market. This is another thing. Look at the market that a company plays in. So, for example, would you invest in Exxon Mobil? It's a it's an oil and gas company, and the world is moving towards renewables. So, would you invest in them? Just think about it for a second. Would you invest in Exxon Mobil? They have they also haven't been doing very well of late, but would you invest in Exxon Mobil? My answer is yes. I would invest in Exxon Mobil because in, before we move all the way to renewables, Exxon Mobil is going to be Exxon Mobil, Shell. Basically, gas and oil is still going to be a major staple until we get to the point where we start depending on renewables, and they're going to play a key role for us for that bridge to be crossed. So I would invest in them, even though they haven't been doing that great over time, but they still pay dividends. They still pay dividends out to their investors. So that's what you got to look at, and you got to know your risk tolerance, and you got to know what market am I investing in, and this is where some of this is not. You're not going to listen to one podcast or read one newsletter and know everything. You're going to have to research and know that market itself. And that's why I say if you're starting out, invest in blue chip stocks. You're not going to see a whole lot of growth. You're not going to see a whole lot of, well, not necessarily a whole lot of growth, but you're not going to see a, a volatile swings one way on a, on a, or another when it comes to these kind of stocks. They're stable, they're safe, and they are a good way for you to start learning more about the markets that you may want to invest in. For example... I'm learning, I'm a big tech head, so I invest in companies like, like I said in the past, like my top five companies, everybody's top five companies, Microsoft, Google, Apple, Amazon, and no, I don't like Facebook, so I don't I do not do Facebook, and Tesla, a little bit of Tesla, Tesla's a little bit volatile for my liking, but they're a little bit in there, so those are my like main companies that I would say invest in, but then some other companies that I'm looking at to, I expect them to become like a blue chip stock in the future. Shopify, I bet none of you know what that is, even though we've talked about it on the channel. Square, Visa, and MasterCard are already blue chip stocks. But Shopify and Square are two companies that I'm keeping my eye on because as we move further and further away from using cash, those two stocks are going to definitely play a major role in the future of how we make payments. And if they become just like what Visa and MasterCard was for the swipe resolution, uh, revolution with credit cards and debit cards, they, with now we have tap and go systems and Square. Square took that thing and ran with it at the very beginning. So I'd say Square and Shopify, which Shopify does a lot of back end online stores. They handle all those transaction details and all that stuff. I see it as these two stocks might become a blue chip stock. So for you, you got to figure out markets that you're interested in, which so that when you read newsletters, you actually like care about what they're saying. And then look at those companies within those markets that might be good investments for you. So that's how you invest in times of, of trial, in times of volatility, is you invest in blue chip funds. That's where you put your money in because they can at least still give you some kind of returns. Maybe, 
not all the time, but you have to be patient. It's a long-term game. It's not a today, tomorrow game. It's a long-term, over the long haul, over the 5, 10, 15, 20-year time frame. How is this company going to do? How is this investment portfolio going to look like? So long-term game. Don't look at just the issues with the coronavirus. That situation, by the grace of God, will be settled out and finished out by March into May around that time period. And just look at the long term. Look at the long term. Look at the long term. But anyway, that's all I have for today. I hope everybody learned a thing or two. Just a quick review on everything that we talked about here is one, think of yourself as a CEO. Stop thinking of yourself as just an individual who's just trying to survive every single day. Start looking and predicting for your future and looking to your future. How do you add value where you are? How do you add value in your relationships? That's the first thing. The second thing we talked about is net worth. Everybody needs to go calculate what is your net worth so that you can start working towards making that swing wherever way you want it to swing so that you can benefit from the hard work that you do every single day and then three we talked about investing in hard times and your investment in hard times is literally be patient and shut up and then invest in blue chip stocks and those are the ways that you try to get out of it but anyway that's all i got for y'all today it's been your boy kelechi and i'll talk to y'all another time god bless y'all peace